Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is Book of Wednesday. If you're following along, and I hope you are, potentially even reading along, ooh, that would be nice, you will know that today's Book Wednesday is for Book 2 in the Drenae series, or Drenae saga, if you prefer. It is a book called The King Beyond the Gate. Ooh, The King Beyond the Gate. That's an interesting title. Before we get any further, I would like to say, as I do at the top of every show, that there will be spoilers. Folks, please, please take heed of the spoiler warning. I am going to spoil the living bejesus out of this thing. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. (laughs) No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, because that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish like a beautiful flower. Hmm. Nice. Pretty. Our last piece of podcast-related business is, of course, today's sponsor, with, which is... The Joinings Lycanthropic Veterinary College. Once again, today's sponsor is the Joinings Lycanthropic Veterinary College. Thank you to them. Very, very much appreciated for your sponsorship today. For this book about Wednesday, and that rhymes, and you know it rhymes. Basically rhyming day with day, which is the lazy man's rhyme. But I am lackadaisical about the whole rhyming business. (laughs) (sighs) This is a good book. End of discussion. Uh, As tempting as it is to stop and then just play the closing credits right there, I should probably speak a little bit more about it. Uh, if you listened to my last book, Bow Wednesday, in which I talked of book one of this series, you will know that I sort of mentioned and hinted at that this book takes place 100 years after the events of the first book, which is sort of an interesting way of doing things, in that you're in the same world, and events that took place in the first book will affect events in this book, but all the characters are different, so I like it. I think, I I have to imagine that it makes it easier for the writer, Mr. David Gemmel, because he doesn't have to keep track of characters over giant swaths of time and words. So uh, that's going to be a bit of a load off, I assume. This book stars, a.k.a. the protagonist, is a Mr. Tanaka Khan. I like that name for a fantasy name. I think uh, if you're going to have a fantasy name, throw some K's in that, just as a general rule. And this has two K's in it. 
Tanaka. Khan. And then the last name Khan, obviously, uh, giving me thoughts of a certain captain of the Enterprise yelling out the word Khan so loud that it could be heard even in space where there is no sound. That uh, thing. It's going to speed by a car. You hear that? That's the power of my Khan-like engine. <clears throat> Tanaka Khan is the descendant of both Ulrich and Wreck. I never noticed Ulrich and Wreck. Uh, Ulrich, in the last book, was sort of the uber bad guy. He wasn't really, really bad. He was just trying to expand his empire, but not in a totally bloodthirsty, evil way. He had uh, he had honor, almost like a Klingon. Hmm. I'm really intertwining Star Trek with this for some reason. I don't know why I'm doing it. It just seems to be happening. Wreck, who started out the last book, is sort of a little bit on the Ferengi side. <laughs> See? There he goes again. Um, was, oh, shh, fuck. Fuck. I just drove by a car that had probably, I'm going to go four inches of snow on top of it. So that sucks. I drive north, so quite often I will see cars such as that that are coming from even further north. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Thus concludes Jordan's weather talk. Uh, Wreck, who at the end of the first book was the emperor king of the Drenae people who Ulrich had, uh, invaded. So it's kind of interesting that this Tanaka Khan is a descendant of both these dudes through a sort of a, a royal wedding to cement relations between these people, that kind of idea. And his story, this story, is, I think you would easily say, one of seeking revenge. Revenge on the new emperor of the Drenae Empire, huh? uh, by the name of Seska. Seska, actually, friggin' bizarre, that's a Star Trek name, Seska, Seska. I believe that was the name of Goldcott's daughter, Seska. Ooh, that's a deep pull, if I am correct. I, um, was not correct. As I am indicating by this interlude here, Seska was Chakotay's at one point significant other and eventual leader of the Rebel Marquis on Star Trek Voyager. So, Boy, is my face red on one side and green on the other. Uh, no, no, black and white. No, wait, huh? Anyways, back to this episode after now that I have corrected myself. Oh, boy. Seska? Mm, now I'm doubting myself now that I said that and probably looking foolish. Either looking foolish or looking incredibly smart. There's no middle ground on this one. Anyway, Seska, who is this sort of murderous, evil, uh, we learn eventually, totally insane, just bug-fucking-nutty, crazy, emperor, and uh, yeah, that's a, a guy's name in this, a girl's name in Star Trek, who has used his power to kill those around him to seize power, if that makes sense. And I think worst of all, unearthed the joinings. The joinings are sort of werewolfy in the sense that I think perhaps lycanthropic is more accurate. 
because it is combining humans with animals. From the sounds of it, and this is pretty cool, he found technology. It didn't sound like magic. It sounded more like technology when they described it. They didn't go into too much detail. Technology that would allow him to imprint animals onto humans, making them that sort of halfway between folk that have the power of the animals, but with some of the intelligence of humans. So kind of werewolfy, but with varying different animals who were super, super pow powerful and almost unstoppable. So he had used those to conquer his empire and conquer it in a super, super bloodthirsty and killing of women and children way that has caused folk like Tanaka Khan to vow revenge and his demise. This is an interesting book in that uh, Tanaka starts out the book with saying, okay, I'm going to go kill this Seska, one man versus this person. I know if I assassinate him, I will be killed shortly after, but it will be worth it. And then people start to sort of gather around him. People, I think uh, the first is a woman, a woman who is sort of his love interest throughout this book, a woman who turns out to be one of those joinings. However, in her case, she is not um, evil, apparently. It's almost like there was one point in the book where she sort of lost control of her animal side, but normally had it under wraps. That kind of idea. Next is a fellow member of the dragons. The dragons were a elite fighting force that this Renee Empire had and one of Seska's first things she did once she, <laughs> first things he did once he took control of the Empire was kill all of these dragons, which is kind of why Tanaka is on this mission of revenge and why a fellow dragon by the name of Ananias also joins his force. Ananias, who is called Dark Mask because he wears a mask that is dark. Hence the name. He wears said mask because he was a uh, arena fighter for this Seska character. And Seska didn't like that people loved him as a arena fighter, I guess because he was always winning. So he had many accolades. So what Seska decided to do is have him fight, without his prior knowledge, one of these giant eight-foot-tall joining creatures. He did win in the sense that he killed the joining, but did lose in the sense that his face was torn off, and it is a bloody mangled mess with pus oozing out of it. Ew. So, that's why he wants revenge. There is also, uh, and this is kind of felt a little thrown in, but uh, I liked it because, well, let me explain. Uh, also joining this, at first, ragtag band is a, uh, a black guy. No kind of other way to say it. I think if you look at this globe in which these events are taking place from sort of a, uh, a very, very hot desertist place, where Tanaka and all these other people live, they most of them have never seen a black person before, so he's kind of out of place in that regard, that he is from a foreign land and people quite often think he is evil for that fact. It's almost like, uh, say picture medieval Europe, and then there's just a black guy shows up and people wouldn't know what to think. Sort of, sort of that vibe. He is a warrior king, king of his peoples. And Seska, apparently, 
sent people to his area and killed a bunch of his kin. So, again, vowed revenge. See, just oozing with revenge, this book, which uh, I don't mind a good revenge tale. He is super, super good with weapons and just sort of, if he had to, say, go through a TSA checkpoint, they would lose their shit because he's pulling weapons out of orifices and just laden with weapons like no other and knows how to use all of them. In fact, at one point in this book, and uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, he kills nine joinings. Nine of them. That is impressive. He's one of the most powerful men in this book. However, does in the process die. Hmm, sadness. So, dies protecting a bunch of kids. So, died a hero. Another member of this ragtag band is Nicado, which sounds Italian. He is the finest fighter in all the lands, the finest and probably quickest. To illustrate this quickness, he had a really cool fight earlier on where he was fighting against someone who could read your mind and knew what your next move would be. However, even this person fighting, knowing what your next move would be, could not move quick enough to block and parry these moves because the speed was so intense that even foreknowledge of the moves was insufficient to block them. So a uh, pretty, pretty cool idea there. He has been sort of in hiding with a group of priest fighters who kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of appeared in the first book, just in the sense that they are called the 30. And the interesting thing about the 30, it's a group of priests, warrior monks, kind of that sort of vibe, who periodically, so did it a hundred years ago, will gather their members and then go off and fight in a war where the outcome is likely going to mean all of their deaths. That's sort of their, let's call it their mission statement. One of the members of this 30 will always carry on and then start the whole process over again. So that's kind of what happened from the last book to this book. They have the power of, mm, I, I think if you want to kind of boil it down, you could say mind magic. And for the most part, within this series, so far the only really quote-unquote magic that you see is magic of the mind, such as... Um, going into people's minds, leaving your body and traveling around and looking at shit, uh, taking control of people and having them do your bidding, you know, things kind of of that nature. In fact, in the first book, there was just a little, little peak of other types of magic. This, none at all, really. Once we have the this sort of core group, Tanaka decides that rather than a frontal assault on Seska that will kill them all, he thinks that perhaps a rebellion is a better idea. So, he joins with the Skoda people. Skoda people are sort of, uh, as they were described, I'd say like a mountain people, people living in the mountains who have had enough of this shit and decided to rebel. They are not large in number, and their fighting knowledge is not huge, but they have heart. And that, you know, is important, apparently, in fighting. So they say in fantasy books. Once he has these people, he realizes that Seska, with the might of his armies and more specifically his joinings, they have basically no chance of a long-term survival and will be quickly wiped out. So 
because, as I mentioned, he is a descendant of both Ulrich and Rack, his Ulrich side makes him a Nadir, N-A-D-I-R, which is a warrior folk from the north, barbarian-like in their descriptions in this book. So he thinks to himself, he thinks, you know what, I know the Jernay people hate me, I know the Nadir people hate me, because I'm sort of right in between, but god damn it, I'm not going to let this end in this, in us getting massacred, he says to himself. So he heads up north and rallies his people. Those are some cool sections in which he's sort of dealing with his past and his sort of half-breedness, quite often called half-breed by both sides. Eventually, he wins over his peoples, and uh, I don't have time to get into why or how, but let's just say he does. Uh, and it was really cool in the way he goes about it. That also involved some of this mind magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Curious, curious. And then he brings his folk down from the north. And it's sort of one of those, the Skoda people, the 30, this ragtag band are all fighting against Seska's army and losing fairly badly. Imminent destruction is imminent. Uh. And then Tanaka shows up with his army to save the day. Something cool they did, too, is that it turns out, and this is a pretty big spoiler, so cover your ears, uh, that the joinings were actually former members of the dragons. So Tanaka and Anias and Dakado, who were all dragons as well, that elite fighting force, were sort of not around when the remainder of the dragons were captured and turned into these beasts. However, that gave them the sort of in. Uh, the in being that the 30, using their mind magic, could sort of peek into the minds of these joinings and force them to realize that they used to be humans and used to be part of this elite fighting force and remember the camaraderie between them. So that was sort of the turning point where They'd say, what the fuck? I'm a giant monster? What have you done to me? I am pissed off. And then they would turn around and fight Seska's army. So good on them. I like I like that idea because I was kind of thinking, there's no way they're going to beat these guys without some sort of cool trick up their sleeve. And that was the trick they used. And I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm getting close to work. Uh, I had to speed through a little bit, but hey, 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 hey. Lastly, it opened up a kind of a cool idea, and that is when Tanaka Khan went up north to gather his peoples, he sort of felt stirring within him the desire to create an empire. So, potentially, and this was sort of uh, up for grabs for a great chunk of this last part of this book, that he was going to, once Seska's army was defeated, to take over uh, this entire region of the Skoda people and of the uh, Drene people. However, because his honor would not allow him, he decided that rather than do that, he would come back later and kick some ass. <laughs> so uh, that kind of sets it up for the next book, although I'm a little bit into the next book, and I kinda, I'm kind of i not sure if that's going to happen or not. But I like the thought that he's so honorable that despite the fact he could have easily, easily just wiped these people from the face of the earth and taken over their empire at the snap of his fingers, he said, you know what, 
these people were my friends. I decided I was going to help them, and I am going to help them. But, and he says this to the leader, sort of a la Ala Schwarzenegger, a la, a la Ala Schwarzenegger, a la Arnold Schwarzenegger, he says, I'll be back. And that's how the book ends, with his threat of coming and killing them all later. So, uh, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Yes. Yes, he is. Folks, that was fun. I enjoyed it. And I will say, as I do, just about every time I do one of these things, and that is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper